And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another frustrated episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fell at home to Purdue once again, 81-69, to to fall to 8-6 and overall and 3-4 and in the Big Ten. Uh, this was a game that saw Purdue get off uh, to a really hot start in the, in the first half, uh, making uh, 7 of 9 from three-point range. Got out to a 12-point lead at one point in the first half. Trace Jackson Davis found himself on the bench with two fouls for the latter half of the first half. But IU managed to fight back to get the game within four and then was completely unable to get over the hump in the second half. Had a five-minute scoring drought, uh, field goal drought, uh, as we've unfortunately become all too accustomed to and uh, shot got to the free throw line a lot, shot poorly once they got there, shot poorly from three-point range, uh, and really just... It was a, a slow death, it felt like, over the, the latter part of the game because it just didn't feel like uh, IU played with the intensity that was needed to uh, to really get back in it and to uh, get over the hump. So uh, felt like a situation, trying not to editorialize too much in this portion of the show, but uh, it just seemed like the team lacked lacked energy and, and got out-hustled, uh, outplayed, and, and out-coached throughout. It, it, it certainly felt like in this one, so they lose by 12, give up 81 points, uh, to Purdue and uh, head into a really tough stretch of games. Uh, it's the second home loss uh, during a stretch that it felt like IU had a chance to get off to a good start in the Big Ten that uh, simply did not happen. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms, here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And we'll start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And uh, quite quite frankly, I don't know... <laughs> where exactly to go here. I guess I'll go back to one of the times that there was a little bit of hope for IU because they did in the in the middle part of the first half or more toward the end of the first half played with some defensive intensity uh, in part because Mike Roberts was just losing his mind on every defensive possession uh, on the sideline and that defense spurred IU offensively. They got back in the game even with Trace on the bench and made a couple big shots to close out the half. Jerome Hunter hit a three as the shot clock was running out. They forced a turnover and Armand hits a floater uh, in the lane as as thing as the clock would uh, would run out, and so that pulled IU to to within four points at the half. And and quite frankly, if you look back at the first half stats, um, being down four the way things had gone in the first half, you didn't feel that bad, quite honestly. Uh, but you know, Purdue really came out asserted itself. IU got within one. Uh, early in the second half, but that was, you know, I guess I kind of go back to a point when it felt like there was legitimate hope. It seemed like the team had finally found the intensity it needed to compete on the defensive end, got a couple key baskets that maybe would propel them there. Uh, and it really, even though the second half didn't start all that poorly, just wasn't able to carry it over. But I think those, those couple shots and the way they play defense during that stretch to me was the banner moment because it shows some of the things that this team's capable of, but just is not able, uh, to do on a consistent basis. So with that, uh, that was a struggle uh, as as it always is in a loss. But uh, the banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, who is now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. And with winter here and hoodie weather officially arrived, you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone, especially IU fans, and all of their apparel is printed on the softest, warmest, most comfortable, and most washable materials you'll find anywhere. One of few suggestions, uh, last item that I received in the mail was a, uh, a shirt from the Colorado School of Mines. Uh, so that one was a, a, a good one. It looks like they're uh, launching some Winthrop gear on Friday. So uh, you can certainly get a lot of great IU gear, but also 
uh, a lot of things from other schools. They have apparel from more than 90 different colleges and universities with new ones being added all the time. As I said, it looks like Winthrop is due to be unveiled on Friday. And their designs are so unique, interesting, and vintage that you may end up like Coach or I buying shirts and hoodies for schools you barely heard of just because you like the designs. And you can always save on home field at, on your home field order by using the promo code assembly20 at checkout. It'll give you 20% off your entire order throughout the year. Go to assemblycall.com, load up your shop. No, go to homefieldapparel.com, load up your shopping cart, and enter assembly20 at checkout to get 20% off. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, get some opening thoughts on the rest of our team. Uh, I'm going to throw this to uh, Ryan for his rant first and then sit back for what I assume will be four to five minutes where I can just sit here and uh, and listen to him uh, lose his mind. So, uh, you, Ryan, what's your what's your rant on the game tonight? You might be on the low end there, actually. Uh, tonight. I might be. I may have to uh, cut you off at some point. I, I can't. I've got to limit myself to how much I actually talk about this game uh, tonight for, for personal health reasons. But go so, ahead. So... There's one word for tonight's performance, and that was embarrassing. Embarrassing that in year four of a coach's tenure, he's now 0 of 6 against his rival, that we had to watch in year four, which was supposed to be a step forward year, a big step forward year after, you know, some positive momentum at the end of last year. Year four, you get stomped on your home floor by Purdue. And I know it finished at 12 and it was within, you know, 10 late. That's a double digit loss to your rival at home. And by the way, Purdue is not that good this year. And in fact, I wouldn't say they were good. I'd say they're an average Big Ten team. And Indiana is just worse. And and here's the big problem. And it's a problem we identified three years ago. And that's what makes it so maddening. The one thing this team can't do, and they struggle at other things, but there's one thing this team can't do, and that is hit open shots. Purdue tonight looked like a team playing modern basketball, and Indiana looked like a team playing basketball from 25 years ago. You cannot win nowadays playing basketball from 25 years ago. Purdue was 11 of 17 from three-point land. They shot 65%. Now, that's high, granted, but the reason why they're able to do that is because they have five, maybe six guys on the roster who can hit shots when they're wide open. Indiana was three of 18 from three and does not have a single player on the roster who can consistently hit wide open shots. Anthony Leal may be that guy. We just haven't seen him enough. But that would be one person on this team. You've got veteran players on this team who have been in the program four years who cannot hit a shot, hit it from three-point range, when there is nobody within 10 feet of them. That is a fault. I blame that specifically on Archie Miller because this was a problem three years ago that we identified and said, hey, you know what? They need to develop shooters. They really need to develop shooters. That's a problem. They should bring somebody in to develop shooters. And we started the joke about me being a shot doctor and getting hired. And yeah, 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 it was funny. But they did nothing to bring in somebody who could fix broken jump shots. And in recruiting, he's had four recruiting cycles to find and bring in a consistent shooter. And he hasn't brought in one. Again, Anthony Leo, we don't know yet. He, he looks like a pretty good shooter. But that would be one. In four years and plenty of times when he's had to make recruiting decisions, he's he's gone for the defensive guy over the shooting, the guy who can actually shoot it. If you're a head coach and you cannot teach a shooter to play defense in your system, you're not a very good head coach. And so the fact that he always leans defense, always leans defense, when you see the transfers that IU has been attached to in the past, they've all been guys with like 20% from three-point. It's like, Archie, you're not missing another defender. You're missing guys who can shoot the basketball. 
Tonight, Indiana and Purdue made the same amount of field goals, 25, and Purdue won by 12. Purdue took two more free throws, and they won by 12. Why? Because they were able to get extra points where Indiana isn't. And Indiana's entire offensive philosophy is built around going to Trace Jackson Davis and getting to the free throw line. They can't even shoot from there. 16 of 29 from the free throw line tonight. Like, it's just Trace Jackson Davis, 7 of 14. That's 50%. You can't shoot 50% from the free throw line and win games in the Big Ten Conference, just like you can't shoot 17% from three-point land and win in the Big Ten Conference. This is like you're four years in and Archie Miller doesn't get it and he hasn't changed anything. And it's it's one it's the kind of thing where it's like if he made a huge effort this offseason to bring in somebody to help with shots or do this or or or, you know, bring in a bunch of transfers who can shoot or, or whatever it is, then you could say at least he identifies the problem and knows. No, what we get from Archie Miller is press conferences where he says, well, we got guys who can shoot. They just they didn't hit them tonight. It's, no, they don't. I don't care if they can shoot them. They can hit them in an empty gym with a manager feeding them the basketball. If they can't shoot them once the game is going on, it doesn't matter. And you have guys on this team who have who will have people with a, you know, 10 feet away from them, the closest defender, and they can't knock down a shot. That should be a layup. Purdue showed it can be a layup. They have different guys, different sizes, different, you know, not necessarily just your point guards or your wings. Everybody on that team can make a three-pointer if they're open. And Indiana doesn't have a single dude who can do it. That is on the coaching staff. That's on recruiting philosophy. And that's on a lack of player development. In four years, you haven't developed one consistent shooter. If you can't do that in four years and you can't modernize your basketball program to play the way that people play today and be able to knock down jump shots, you don't deserve to be the head coach. You've had four years to prove yourself and you haven't done it. And it's I'm at a point where I'm just I'm off the train. I'm sorry. Unless there's a massive sea change here. Why? How is he proven that he should be the head coach? Because it's incrementally the defense has gotten better. Well, that's great. You stop people from scoring, but if you can't score on the other end, it doesn't matter. And so years and years, and Jared, before every season, will bring out the stats to be like, hey, they got 2% better at three-point shooting last year. And it's like, you know what? That's not good enough. It's just not. And to be on your home floor and have your rival run you off of it from the three-point line where you can't even answer. If you go down, they were down 10 points with six minutes left. It's like, how are you going to come back if you can't hit threes? How are you going to come back? The game's over at this point because you can't score quickly. And it's it's insane. He runs the same offense he's run. It hasn't worked for four years now consistently. And, and, and you're getting, again, a bad Purdue team just ran you off your home floor. You don't deserve to be the head coach if in year four this is what you're, you're producing. And you're not noticing the massive gap that your pro- program has that no other program in the Big Ten has where nobody can shoot and you're not addressing that problem, I'm sorry, you haven't earned this job. You haven't. Unless there's a big change, why, why would I want to support this anymore? So that's it. I'm done. That's my rant. I, we can talk about this game all we want. There's one thing that went wrong. They can't shoot, and it's been the thing that's gone wrong for the past four years. How many times over the past four years have we said, well, they had two more threes, they win this game. They had one consistent shooter, they'd win this game. We noticed it. How have they not noticed it? It's insane, and I'm done with it. All right. Well, I definitely think that hit the over. I didn't quite exactly uh, start a timer, but I think you were at least at six, maybe maybe more. 
Uh, I think, Coach, before I, before I throw it to, to you, I, I do think I, I was struck by this, and I, I texted this to you guys as well toward the end of the game. I think, Ryan, you alluded to this, just offensive philosophy and, and what it is compared to what modern college basketball, modern basketball in general, tends to be. And the same comments were made during the Alabama and Kentucky game uh, you know, on, on Wednesday night where Alabama's freewheeling, shooting threes, really running, you know, spreading people out, doing whatever. And Kentucky is driving to the basket, trying to get the ball inside, doing those kinds of things. And it, it, it literally looked like two different games being played. And this reminded me uh, a lot of that, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. So coach, um, I just wanted to give a little buffer between when Ryan got done so that you could follow that up. I'm sure you'll be nice for him. I'm sure you'll be uh, a little bit more succinct, perhaps, but uh, I'll throw it to you next for your thoughts on the game tonight. It's just bad basketball right now. Uh, And bad basketball is the responsibility of the head coach. So, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. I've been a defender of Archie Miller, and and he's not getting the job done. Uh, I mean, you can't sit here and keep defending the same things happening over again, which is a team that's not locked in uh, to the game plan and intensity for 10 minutes, and then you take a timeout and you scream and yell, and then they come out and play intense. That ultimately rests with the coach. Um, And so I think Ryan's uh, got a lot of good points there, uh, but I'm not going to take it off the players either. Um, you're getting a scholarship to play basketball in the Big Ten, you ought to be able to hit some free throws. Uh, and, and if you're working out in the gym, as Ryan said, and the ball's going in when the manager's going in there, then ma- making them in the game is on you. If you're wide open, make them. Um, so I, I, I don't have any disagreement with that. Ultimately, the head coach is responsible for the performance of the program, and Indiana basketball is not performing to expectations. You cannot sugarcoat it in, in, any other way. Uh, I, I will say, though, that in, in, in coaching – uh, sometimes uh, you can have great strategy, but it's not necessarily just the strategy that, that is played out. It is how do you get your guys to understand that strategy and then make good decisions in the games. There's always going to be slippage, bad decisions. Uh, sometimes bad decisions, shots go in. That's the coaches go, oh, no, and it goes in. Sometimes you dribble off your leg when you're a th- third-year point guard and, and turn the ball over. Um, that's not coached. That's not, that's not developed. Um, so there's a combination of – uh, uh, of the coaching aspect that's not uh, going well at all. And there's an aspect of the players. Uh, our veteran guards were not around tonight uh, after scoring points against Nebraska. Well, this is Purdue. Um, you got to score points, Al Durham and Rob Fennessy. Um, and, and Trace Jackson Davis, you know, if you're going to play in the pros, you're going to have to guard perimeter players. You gave up four threes on out-of-bounds underneath because you weren't connected to shooters. Now, and again, I'm not disagreeing with Ryan, but the scouting report is if you're going to pre-switch is that you got to know who you're going to guard, and and the scouting report is to get out on Sasha Stefanovic and Brandon Newman, and four times in the out-of-bounds, if that's your strategy, it's got to be executed. Um, and and that, that has been lauded all, all season about how they're guarding inbound plays better, inbound plays better. Well, Matt Painter ran some good stuff, um, but, but you got a 6'10 guy who's not guarding the perimeter right. So uh, it's a, it's a complete um, – and if they're not running your, your scout – and here's where Ryan's correct. If they're not running your scouting report right, that's on you. you got to communicate that and get it better. And it's been the same thing for four years. So, so there's a disconnect. If they're not making shots or having confidence, uh, some of that – I don't think you can give players confidence, but you can take it away. 
and maybe there's some of that going on. But it's a, it's a coaching staff issue that needs to get fixed immediately, and it is a lot. Those players, oh, we don't want to be the same kind of team that loses. Well, then be connected to the scouting report. Be connected to confident shooting. Go into the lane and take shots. And understand when there's 25 seconds in the shot clock and you're shooting 18% from three, don't take the shot. Uh, so, so that's on the coaches, and I'm going to add to Ryan's rant, it's on the players. Um, because there were some good things tonight to keep Indiana in the game, but there were so many bad things that Indiana should, you know, technically could have won this game by 10-15 if they would have executed the things that needed to execute. If the coach calls a timeout when they get down 10 to six, seven minutes to go, there was just so many mistakes. And it goes from Archie, but it's also on Durham, on Trace Jackson Davis, and everyone. Words are words. You, your actions speak, and, and it's just tiring to see that you got to get jump started at halftime, or you got to get jump started at half. You're playing college basketball for Indiana. Get jump started at the beginning. Uh, that's the disappointing thing. Um, that's the disappointing thing for, for for me right now. Is it's a total, not just one aspect. It's a total um, a problem uh, with, with the program all the way around. Yeah. So I think. <laughs> In this game, and I'm trying to to get to a point where it's not a ton of you know kind of macro discussion, but I also don't think that the the time, at least right now, we'll, we'll hit some players in in the next segment. But I do think this is a, a little bit more about coaching and scheme to me are the the things that that stick out. So let's kind of take it offense and defense. Um, uh, let's take defense first because Archie's. I've already seen some of the the post game press conference comments start to come out. He talked about how poorly they played defensively, which is a hundred percent fair. Uh, they've really struggled to yeah. guard the three point line as, as things have gone. And I, you know, I was, I, I tend, I chart all the possessions and do all that, which is, uh, not a labor of, of love certainly, uh, at this point, but you know, you get into these stretches where it's just possession after possession, Purdue score, you know, didn't score on the first two possessions, scored on six in a row, didn't score on three straight, then scored on six in a row again. And then you got a bunch of stops there in the one stretch of the, of the first half where I, I, I say this not joking. I mean, Mike Roberts was losing his mind on there, providing the intensity for the team who then started to like play better on, on that end of the floor. But uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you one. Why is the coach having to, to instill that level of intensity with you at that point in the game? Why does it take you, you know, 12 to 15 minutes to wake up and really lock in defensively? And why are you not able to then come out and do that again in the second half? Because, Pretty much the same. I mean, the same thing happened in the second half. You come out of the locker room, you give up a three on the first first possession, goal ten the next one. Then you have a few good possessions, but you know, then every time, and then toward the end, you know, part of it's fouling, part of it's whatever. When they needed key stops, like the intensity on that end of the floor just wasn't there. And it goes back a little bit to identity of what you want to do. And the identity of this team is supposed to be the defense. And I, I want to get back to Coach's point on the the baseline out of bounds stuff as well, but. But it just comes and goes in these stretches. And coach, what do you what do you attribute that to? The the kind of stretches of great defense and terrible yeah. defense just coming back to so, back within so the game. It, to me, it's an intensity issue. And I and I'm gonna sound like I'm throwing it on the players, but it's also on the coach. If you only can get your guys to play hard for ten minutes, that's a problem in your program. But it's also a problem with the players. So that's what I'm saying. It's a complete problem when you have lack of intensity. When they were out on the catch, as soon as they, as soon as the Purdue guy caught and they had appropriate ball pressure, couldn't score. 
But for 30 minutes, they were late on closeouts. Trace Jackson Davis almost out of bounds, late on closeouts. Al Durham, late on closeouts. Trey Galloway not recognizing the screen's coming and running right into a screen with his head on the chest instead of avoiding it. Uh, that's not scheme. That's technique and intensity. And I'm not taking it off of Archie Miller here. If your team in, in game 15 or 14 is still making those mistakes against your rival when defense is supposed to be your calling card, that is both a communication problem from your coaching staff and even Mike Roberts – got to do better. You just got to do better because it's game 15. Uh, I, I don't understand that. It's not scheme. And everyone I know wants to say the pack line gives up the three. Well, if you're a good pack line team, you put pressure on the ball and you catch on closeouts. Virginia I mean, doesn't Virginia, give up a lot of threes. Yeah, Virginia guards. So it's not the tight, It's not the scheme. Somehow it's a disconnect in the program um, right now. Yeah, and I think and that's the problem that yeah. I see. Somehow between the coaching and the players, they're not playing hard and intense and focused scouting report for 40 minutes. Yeah, and I think when you look at the threes and the closeouts, it, we, we can all say Purdue's not that good of a shooting team. This is an aberration, this, that, and whatever. But you let them get comfortable early in the exactly. game by not and they closing were wide out. open. Yeah. And they're taking <laughs> wide open shots and they're making them. And guys who may not be shooting all that well get confidence in those situations. We, we see it with the IU team. I mean, you have a guy sees a, a ball, the ball go through the basket and – and and immediately that confidence goes up, and you see guys start to play better in that case. So I, you know, I really struggle with the argument like Purdue's not going to shoot like this again. Well, they probably aren't because maybe somebody else is going to play better defense on them and get get out on them and be able to do those things consistently to make them uncomfortable. It'd be interesting to see in that segment what the shooting percentages were before that timeout was taken down twelve in the first half. You know, when you play better defense, the shooting percentages go down. It's a simple game. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's, it's, it's be also worth noting. Stretches. It's also worth noting Purdue was taking smart shots. They had a couple of heat checks, and a couple of those went in. But they were taking smart shots off reversals. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like they were firing hero shots. I felt like Northwestern hit some shots on Indiana that were just ridiculous. And it, you're in good position. Purdue was getting open looks off reversals, and you know, give it one extra pass to get a guy open. Indiana wasn't. You know, I mean, like they had they had open looks, but Indiana also took dumb shots. And and I think that the you know, like Armand Frank, I feel like the offense right now is either throw it into Trace Jackson Davis and pray he either makes it or gets fouled, or it's Armand Franklin hunting for a mid-range jumper, which is horribly inefficient offense. And I think that Armand maybe got, you know, he maybe got a little riled up being back for the first time, but it's you know that that's happened a few times where he's a he's been a really good player and, and when he attacks the rim he's great or when he's catch and shoot threes fine, but he's also hunting for mid range jumpers and it's like why why is that a part of the offense you know if it's wide open take it but you know guarded shots from fifteen feet off the bounce aren't aren't what you're looking for in your in your offense if it's efficient so I think it's just it's partially just Purdue was smarter. And was taking shots that IU was giving them. Of course, the defense was bad to get them those open looks. But if you read a scouting report, as you said, like you'd know to guard those guys out there. And 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 it just seemed like they were scrambling. And here's the thing: if Indiana had the effort it had the last eight minutes of the first half to start the game, maybe we're talking about a different basketball game. But it was like they were sleepwalking through the first twelve minutes of that first half. Yep. Yeah, coach. I wanted to. I wanted to go back to something you talked about. I know Tony Adrania was was. I don't remember what the final total was. He was kind of charting points they were giving up on baseline out of bounds plays. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on kind of philosophically what IU is doing. So they're having Trace guard the inbounder, which invariably left someone much smaller guarding Travion Williams or 
Edie when they were in the game and also forced Trace to to have to chase guys on the perimeter for the duration of the possession as they did that. And we, I mean, we know, uh, you know, Painter's got some really good sets. We've, we've seen that over the years. I think that's one area that he, he does a really good job at. So at any point did you as a coach say, Hey, this is not working. I mean, cause I think it was at one point it was double digit points given up off of baseline out of bounds plays is at least what Tony had. Um, so somebody say 12. Yeah. Mm, it it felt being 14. I was say it felt like 14. it felt like a lot. Um, yeah, it was during the game. So, yeah, so what's what's the I guess what's the rationale behind playing it that way? And then and then once you sure. go further than that, why, why do you not change it at some point First when you all, see that you're getting all, it's torched all year? Because normally what you do is you put your post player at the low block and then he'll set a flex screen or he'll catch and run a handoff or some action. A lot of out of bounds plays are designed to get the big a catch somewhere and have him be a screener. And then roll to the basket and that stuff. So what you do as a coach, which is good, is you pre-switch your out-of-bounds. You put your big on the guard, and you put your little on the big for the initial catch. And then let's say the big's at the strong side block, and he he floats to the top of the key, gets a catch, and then he's going to hand off to the guard. Now you have a switch if you're going to – and Indiana's been switching a lot more. Now you have a switch, but you're switching that little onto the guard and your big onto the big. That has worked tremendously and allowed Indiana to get some five-second calls this year. I think it's been a good adjustment overall. But this is where you got to give credit to other team scouts and practice too. Matt Painter is a pretty good coach. So what Matt Painter did was didn't screen after the ball got inbounded. He just dropped his guys into the post. So you had Anthony Leal on Edie. Um, that was a really good adjustment. And what happened was then TJD had to stay with an inbound guy. And the inbound guy was Sasha Stefanovic, and he would he, the ball would come in, it would be reversed, and it would come back, and Trace Jackson Davis is a step too slow to get a hand up, and bam. It was Stefanovic twice and Newman twice. And I don't know if they were the inbound guy or the wing, or somehow Trace Jackson Davis ended up on, on them instead of the, the big. So the pre-switch kind of backfired, uh, and that happens. You know, you, you watch film as a coach, and, and you're going to do this, and here's what they run. Um, but a good coach scouts themselves too, and and uh, you got to give credit to, to Matt Painter to make the adjustments. And then Indiana did make an adjustment in the second half. They put a big on the big, uh, and so when Travian would go up for a catch and then dive, Trace um, Race Thompson was on him. They made a switch at halftime, and I don't think it was as bad in the second half uh, that that kind of action. So there was an adjustment there, uh, but but to to win the out of bounds game is a big part of inside the game. And Purdue won it. And Purdue won it uh, by good strategy and then really uh, bad execution on, on the backside. I, I don't know if the strategy was so bad. It's just Purdue's execution was better than, than I used. And that's what happens, you know, winning team versus losing team. It's just disappointing that that happened three or four times to, to your best player who, you know, everyone loves because he gets points and rebounds, but he's got a guard. Uh, and, and he talks about winning games. You got a guard, son. Uh, I love you, and you're good, and we're glad you have you, and you're going to be a, 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 a great player for Indiana the rest of the year. But uh, you got to guard. If that if that's your assignment, you, you got to guard. Um, so that's that's what I saw on a, on a baseline out of bounds. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, as I said in the chat, let's torture ourselves and talk about the offense a little bit. Um, so, you know, IU ends the game – shooting 25 of 57 overall from the floor three of 18 from three-point range as ryan said so that puts him at 22 oh, six in the second half yeah, 20 and like i said oh five of those came in the last like minute and a half when armand took a couple jerome took a couple like they were not within the flow of nor of, no. of normal offense that they wanted in the in the second half so 
two-point shooting, I guess Archie Miller said something that the two-point shooting wasn't that bad. They were 22 of 39, I think, uh, if I'm doing the, the math correctly. So percentage-wise, that that's fairly solid. You get to the free-throw line 29 times, you got a free-throw rate of over 50, and yet you make 16 of 29 from the – from the stripe. Uh, so let's let's talk guards first. And, and I know, you know Coach, you, you brought this up in your opening thoughts. Uh, we've talked about how important uh, the the improved play of Alger and Rob Finnessy had been. They, they took a step back tonight, uh, and and some of the credit goes to Purdue's defense. They end up with eight points between the two of them in fifty one minutes. They were a combined three of ten from the floor, one of five from three. One of two from the free throw line, four rebounds, five assists, three turnovers as a as a group. Um, and then you did get Armand Franklin back. You know, Ryan, you talked, you touched on him, and, and I thought he really was trying to to force some things. He was rusty, yep. played a lot more minutes than I think anybody, including Archie Miller, thought that he would, and made some big plays at times. But I did think forced shots that maybe had he been playing more would it would have been okay but i felt like his he was trying contribution to make was rebounding I mean, yeah but i, I thought think, uh, he scored some points but yeah and, and he's been a guy we've we've lauded his aggressiveness over the course of the season and that's why he stands out in a lot of ways but i thought tonight he was maybe overly aggressive in that so you know backcourt wise the team really took a step back and and the front court played really well uh from an offensive standpoint when when they were in the game but uh, again th- this team is is not good enough to be able to overcome performances like what they got from the backcourt. No, and and here's the thing. Again, those are two veteran guards who've been around and been starters, and that's what you're getting from them against your rival at home. Like I I I I know you can blame the players for not showing up and not, you know, taking pride and whatever, but they also haven't been developed to a point where they're consistent contributors. Like, I mean, that's on the staff as much as anything. If you're starting these guys, you're naming them captains, you're playing them. You know, was there no development over the offseason to get them consistent? I, I They weren't in know, the gym, though, in the summer. I know everyone yeah, had that deal, too. But yeah, everyone. But other teams but have they had are players. Who they are. I know. I know they are who they are, coach. And I agree. They but are who not, they are. And I think they're not good been, enough. Start somebody developed. else. They're just not winning Big Ten guards. And that's fine. But, you know, he recruited Rob Finnessy. He, correct. you know, that is, that is, correct. you know, and it's like you brought these guys in and you clearly thought they had a ceiling. Have you reached their ceiling? If you have, why did you bring this guy in? If he's only going to be up here and you're going to be at the bottom of the big 10 because you're relying on him so much. I mean, you know, again, I, I get the, you know, the players got to be better. I, I agree with you. They do. And, and players, you know, need to take it on themselves to become better. But we saw Victor Oladipo and OG Ananobi and those guys and Jawan Morgan develop themselves into better players. I get that. But if you're the head coach, you need to identify guys who are going to do that and make that's themselves the, better. That's the issue. And, and, roster, and it's roster construction. And, 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 and you know what? That sinks you as a head coach because those are Absolutely. the guys you got to rely on. And, and the other part of it is, and I, I still come back to shooting development. If these guys were terrible, but they could hit threes, at least you could late in the game when you're down 10, you can say, still got a shot. We hit a couple shots, maybe get it close, put some pressure on the other team. Instead, you're taking 20 seconds off the clock every time you're on offense to try and score because that's your system. And these guys can't hit shots. And it's like, you know what? Who do I blame here? Do I blame the players for, for not, you know, taking pride and developing themselves or I do blame the coaches for relying so much 
on guys who don't take the pride in development. You know, I mean, like, I, I just can't, you know, it's one of those things where the players are who they are. And I cannot sit here and be mad at players anymore because the coaching staff picks who to rely on. And these are the guys they've picked to rely on. And they're not consistent. They can't make things happen. You've got guys who take, who are willing to relax until there's 10 seconds left in the shot clock. And they go, Oh God, I got to go get a shot. And, and you know, there's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of tempo. I, I, Indiana plays with no tempo whatsoever. They're one of the worst teams in the nation. Tempo wise uh, on Ken Palm. I, I just, you know, it's it, it, the system is what it is, and it hasn't worked for four years consistently. And it, whether that's the players, the coaches, or whatever, it hasn't worked. This concoction doesn't work, and yet we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And we right. are where we are. That's how you and, lose six and straight I'm not, to Purdue. I'm with you more than yeah. I'm with you more than against you on that. Yeah. Um, but the, the understanding your team uh is part of coaching and that's why the emphasis is to get the ball inside and it's a little slow and it's a little stagnant for sure i mean so there's there's some recognition that archie knows what he's doing he knows of he course. doesn't have guards but that does fall on him i'm not trying i'm not i will not defend archie miller tonight uh i just can't um but but you know uh mckinley wright had 12 assists today for colorado and wanted to come to indiana and couldn't uh does this team look different if there's mckinley wright um uh, at, at point guard for four there years. There are a couple of those guys that Indiana's missed on. There's yeah, a couple but, of them. But they, they missed on that because he couldn't clean house. Um, and, and I'm again, I, I don't want to go into defending because I just can't anymore. I, I'm stunned <laughs> at, at the performance and all of that. But uh, I like these guys. I like Al. I, I like Rob. They're good We like guys, them personally, but, yeah. But they, they don't have that fire that you need to be a point guard and a shooting guard consistently that I'm just going to drop a shot right in your face. It's just yeah. like as bad as Ivy was tonight, that last shot that Ivy hit that three, that was a horrible shot. But he's just got uh, Stefanovic and, and, and Newman. Those guys like, I'm going to shoot and I'm going to make it. Uh, and, and, and whether it's on Rob or L or the coaches staff being too, too strict on them to get the right shot or get the ball into TJD, there's probably some reason that we don't know because we're not in here. But there is some reason why the guards go up and down with their confidence in, in, in playing because they've both displayed the ability to hit shots during games. Yeah, and, and that's uh, what I'm saying. That's what's consistently. And that's right? what's so, frustrating is that after four years, there's no consistency. There's whatsoever. no consistency in effort. And there's if, no consistency in fundamentals. And, and that ultimately does too long. Try and go back. It yeah. goes back to um, when you come in, you got to have a program in place and it's got to be consistent. I, I think uh, the pressure of Indiana has allowed Archie uh, in his mind to do change up from an outside team his first couple of years. Then he's going to go inside with the bigs last year, and now he's got Trace Jackson Davis. Instead of running his system early and maybe taking some bad beats early but getting it developed, I, I don't think this is a fundamentally strong team. Uh, I, I don't think it's a, a, a playing hard team. Uh, I actually think the scheme is not half bad, but if you don't have fundamentals and you don't have intensity for 40 minutes, you could have the best scheme in the world uh, and know what you're doing, and, and, and it doesn't work. There's more There's more to being a head coach in a major college Absolutely. basketball program than just coaching a scheme. It's right. bringing in the right players, developing them, identifying guys who may be bad fits for your program, regardless of their star rankings and getting rid of them or just not recruiting them or finding X or finding Y or finding Z. It is a CEO type job. You don't have one job. It's not like the NFL where you got a general manager, you got an owner, you got a vice president, you got all these guys ahead of you and you can just focus on coaching. Running a college program is hard, and that's why so few guys are elite at it. 
if Archie's not up to that task of not only identifying talent, but recruiting him, getting him in, selling him on his vision, doing that, and then also developing them once they're on campus and changing their bodies and getting them, you know, finding the deficiencies in their game and pushing them to change them or whatever and making it happen, translating, you know, not just identifying a guy's deficiency, but translating it so that it gets shorn up on the court. If he's not able to do that, it doesn't matter what he does on the court. Recruiting and development is just as important as coaching ability. It really is. And, and, and that's how the some sad, of the, the sad thing, Ryan is he's done some of that decently, just not, just not well enough. Like race Thompson's yeah. gotten better. Uh, yeah, Aldo of course he has, uh, Armand but you Franklin's need to do it across better. your program, right? You know, and, and you and, need, and he's recruited Indiana, which everyone wanted. He's just of not course. done it well enough on game night. No, it hasn't and, just and, clicked on game night. And yeah. I think that reason. Yeah. I think that, that to me is the difference. I, 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 a couple things here and then we'll, We'll we'll switch gears, but you know I think for me part of it's the roster construction. We've talked about this before. You you knew what deficiencies you had. You chose to bank a couple scholarships and not not fill them. Now one you're able yep. to go get Parker Stewart, so okay fine. But but you're carrying open scholarships and saying like these are the dudes that I'm going to ride with. If you think there's any chance of them having deficiencies in certain areas, which to me you you had to. Like that's on you for not doing that. And and the other thing that really just bugs me is the mentality. There's a bunch of dudes on Purdue that want to go stick it right in IU's you know what. And 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 they're not shy about it. And they come out and play with the level of intensity that we were there last year when it happened, that you could see it tonight, a level of intensity that I use guys for whatever reason could not, did not want to match. That that's that, the most concerning. That part is frustrating because if you can't get guys up, and again, I, I it it bothers me that a coach has to be calling out every single thing during the one stretch where you played with the defensive intensity that you yep. need to play with for a heck of a lot more time than they did. Like that to me is ultimately the most frustrating part. Like people are going to miss shots, but there there has to be there has to be more intensity in the, in in these scenarios for these games for understanding what this means. And again, you can't continue to talk about it and then come up and go out and, and lay an egg in that scenario. And and that to me was what was most disheartening and makes it feel like you've just lost the ability to reach the guys to get them to play at the level that is required here. We can say that Al and Rob may not be the caliber of, of guard, but I'm not sure that they're worse than some of the guys that Purdue has, really. But the Purdue guys play with a different level of intensity. We talked about it last year. We noticed the way they cut, the way they do everything. There's a level of effort that is there that that isn't there for IU. And we can talk about scheme and things like that. I think the biggest concern there at some point becomes, are you playing a system that people want to go, come play in from a recruiting standpoint? Regardless of whether it's good, bad, or whatever, regardless of whether your guys can execute it, which, um, again, you say, I want to go get, you know, we want to go get fouled. We want to do this. And then you go shoot barely over 50% from the free throw line. It just, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle for me. And it's like, you don't really know where to start. And I'm like you, you don't want to just bang on the players, their college kids and, and whatever else for yeah. being able to execute different things. But man, the intensity level part is, is frustrating to me that overcomes that can overcome a lot. And tonight well, it actually exaggerated issues on the other side of things. What I also will say, and, and as we're wrapping up offense here is if Indiana couldn't shoot threes, she couldn't shoot threes. It was not, it was where it is three point wise. You know, if Indiana was that team, 
But, you know, the Archie has put so much emphasis on shooting free throws. And we developed that over the summer. We worked on that so much. If they shot like 75% from the free throw line in a game like this where they only hit three threes, I'd be like, you know what? The threes weren't falling. But they shot 55%. You know, I mean, the 16 of 29 is unacceptable at any time, especially when that's what you're relying on to get those extra points because you can't shoot from the outside. And it's something that was a focus over the summer. And it was a focus. Uh, it's a focus of his. We're going to go inside. We're going to get fouled. We're going to get to the free throw line. Well, if you can't hit the free throws, what's the point of that philosophy? Yeah. You know, you talk scheme versus intensity and everything else. I, I, I thought Indiana did a really good job getting TJD the ball in places where Purdue couldn't double because Purdue's a doubling team. I wrote down in the first segment, elbow catch, elbow catch, post dive, post feed with no double, and he scored in a post dive. Uh, six times without getting double teamed, and he scored 10 points. The problem was Indiana gave up three threes. Because <laughs> they weren't intense on defense, so you know, there. The, I, I I agree with you. The the overall feeling of the program is one of, hey, we're just getting, we're just going to go now prepare for the next game. No, you got to demand standards, fundamental standards of play, that you're going to play the right way, and and if you lose, you're going to play it the right way and lose. Uh, there, there's just too much. Oh well, we lost, and we got to fix this stuff. We go on to the next game. No. The, the, the little things matter, and they're not being done, and that's why losses are piling up. All right. Well, after arguably the longest first segment in the show's history, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll continue the breakdown of IU's 81-69 to loss to Purdue. We'll point out the meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. If you're listening to the Assembly Call, stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. And you're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. And we are breaking down a disappointing 81 to 69 loss at home to Purdue. And it's time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. Uh, probably a lot of parts about this game we we potentially wish that we had missed. Uh, one of the things I wrote down for this, though, this this will be some attempt at actually talking about players and, and less high-level stuff, was uh, especially early the offensive rebounding of Race Thompson. He ended up with four offensive rebounds for the game, 10 rebounds in total, had 13 points. Uh, like pretty much everybody else struggled from the free throw line, was five of nine from there, uh, but also had three assists and a couple steals. And uh, I thought it was a, a solid game for race. He ended up spending uh, more time on Travion Williams and probably just playing more in general after Trace picked up. Uh, even after the first foul, they switched him on to Travion Williams, try to keep Trace from picking up the second. Uh, he eventually did, and, and then race played a lot after that. But I did think uh, especially early race was creating some extra possessions with his offensive rebounding. And, and really acquitted himself well in a game that there weren't a ton of bright spots 
to me, he was, uh, he was one of them. So Ryan, uh, thoughts on races, uh, performance from the game tonight. He's the one guy that gives you consistent effort all the time. He's the, he's the heart and soul of that team. I mean, he just is just given what he can do for you. And I know Trace Jackson Davis is the best player. He certainly is. But race gives you effort all the time and, and he gets to lose balls and he grabs offensive rebounds and he just he's just the guy that, you know, you need on that team. And he reminds you of, of other Big Ten big guys, you know, like the guys, Michigan, the random guys, Michigan State always has that can score 15 points while grabbing 10 rebounds and, and dominating the offensive glass. You know, those guys who always pop up and, um, you know, he just consistently is is one of IU's best players. Uh, you know, I'll have games where things don't show up in the stat sheet, but he's always out there giving top effort and working hard. And, uh, you know, it, it's you feel bad that the rest of the team doesn't rise to that level intensity and effort wise. Coach, uh, any anything you want to add on race from uh, tonight's game? No, I, I, I appreciate uh, race's effort. The, the problem is he's not a stretch four. He's not allowed to be a stretch four. So we play two centers um, at a time, and they got to score at the block, and it gets congested, and 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 offense gets stagnant because there's no driving lanes, uh, and so you can't get drive and kick threes, um, you know, because there's two post players. So you know, it, it just goes back to me again that this team is struggling because um, they got to play to their strengths, which is Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, uh, but playing to your strengths in in this. Uh, Modern, someone said, one of you said to modern basketball, your fives, I mean, Wisconsin, they're five and four shoot the threes. Uh, We don't have that. And I guess, you know, as a coach, you have who you have, and you got to try to make what you have with what you have. We don't, we don't have the typical college basketball team. Um, you, you mentioned something in the chat that Kentucky, they tried to play traditionally with two posts the other day and got run. North Carolina's struggling because they're heavy uh, post play. The game of basketball is a guard game anymore. Uh, and, and I don't like it because I was a post player, but it's a guard game. You need shooters. You need a closer. And it's nice to have a back-to-the-basket guy that you could throw it in there to draw double teams. Uh, but but um, the traditional solid bigs, and I feel for race because I'd like to see him shoot to three uh, a little bit more and be freed up because that that will. He's not worse than anyone else on the team. Absolutely, <laughs> I think his stroke looks good. That's, that's uh, a low no, bar, though. We can't we can't use that as the. And, yeah, and I appreciate it's a late it's a late said, game limbo bar. You know, yeah, real well. I, I enjoy uh, watching these guys because I really think they want to win for Indiana. And I just think they have some individual deficiencies in intensity and skill, and that goes for the coaching staff too. Uh, I don't think there's selfishness. I don't think there's uh, playing for me, any of that stuff. So that's refreshing, but it's just not getting done. Um, it's just not getting done, and that includes race, missing some shots, uh, making some decisions that he shouldn't make. Uh, and I know you, you coach, and, and, and we analyze to perfection, and there's going to be errors inside a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it, it's a loss to Purdue. So yeah, race had a good game, but we lost to Purdue. It's kind of, it's kind of hard for me to, to really find many positives, uh, when, when collectively it was a zero t- tonight, uh, in, in my book. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I jotted down, this is just a, a series of moments, but it, it just felt like every time that IU got themselves in a position to maybe get over the hump or put more game pressure on Purdue, they would just shoot themselves in the foot. So a few examples in the first half, they, they cut it to two. I believe they had a race race got an and one missed the free throw. So it could have cut it to one go down, give up two free throws, foul somebody, 
you know, on the, on the next possession. Purdue makes both free throws. Jerome Hunter makes a bad turnover, throwing the ball back out toward the top of the key. Foul Purdue again. They make both turnovers again. Armand misses a jumper. Purdue makes a three. So you got a chance at the free throw line to cut the game to one, and you follow that up by giving up a 7-0 run. Now, they did uh, make those couple plays at the end of the half that I mentioned in the banner moment. Then kind of same thing in the second half. You get within one. Give Trayvon Williams great position. Get, he, he has a jump hook. Uh, TJD misses on a drive on the other end. They run a nice play. Wheeler curls off a screen right down the middle of the lane. Hunter trails him. Give up a bucket. Um, you, you got a chance to cut it to two again on and one with Trace. He misses a free throw. You go down and allow a three. You, you cut it to four. Then you foul a guy on an inbounds play and, and then make a lane violation. It's just like – and I don't – Coach, I'll, I'll throw this to you again, probably a, a difficult question to answer. I mean, is that just lack of focus? Is that – like when you watch games of even your your team now and you see a moment where they can really seize control, seize momentum, put game pressure on the other team and they just repeatedly fumble it away. What, what does that what does that tell you? What does that indicate to you about this team? Oh, you got a smile on your face when I ask you that question. I'm, I'm concerned what the answer might be. No, no, it's uh, it's frustrating as a coach. Um you know, and you're in a two point game, three point game, and you have something you want to run, and and, and a bad decision is made. Um, ultimately, it's your responsibility to put make practice as hard as games, and so those decisions are made positively for your team. But it doesn't always happen. Um, you know, um, he lost a close game on Saturday. Uh, it was forty thirty seven late, and and had two bad possessions. Bad, bad decisions by by kids. We don't practice that, but it, it was there. So you know you got to take it as a coach. Uh, but it's all about you know again your standards. Uh, we talk to guys all the time about standards of play, and, and and I don't see that right now. And that's the most frustrating. That's the most frustrating thing is is this lack of of consistency. Um, you know, a guy gets in a game, and, and a good coach will take advantage of it. Lander got in, and Painter right away. They had a game plan for when Lander came in, whether it be out of bounds or not out of bounds. Boom, boom, boom. Every time Hunter came into the game, they had some action ready to take advantage of him. And that's what good coaches do, and good coaches on our on, on our staff need to make sure that that gets corrected so good coaches don't take advantage of it. That's part of what's tough in this league. Um but but Hunter got gave up an offensive rebound in the first half that was ridiculous. Um, just did not block out um, uh, on a play. Uh, and again, I am not excusing anyone in this program tonight. But but no one coaches a missed block out that was blatant whiff. Uh, lack total lack of effort uh, leads to two points. And, and um, you know so it's just frustrating Andy from a coach's standpoint what you do is you go back you show them film you run their rear ends uh, until they get it or you do whatever buttons you have to push until you get it and if you don't get it you're looking for a new job i mean that's just the bottom that's just the bottom line if your message is not uh, being understood enough to compete then this is ultimately the wrong message all right well now it's time to take a uh, a scary trip inside the numbers ryan has uh already called out that he's got some that he wants to point out. So Ryan, I'll let you open the uh, inside the numbers segment. Well, if you look at some of the numbers, you would think that maybe, and didn't look at others, you would think like, well, that was a pretty good game for IU. I uh, Purdue turned it over 14 times. Uh, IU only turned it over nine. Indiana had eight offensive rebounds to produce seven. Uh, they Indiana had eight steals to produce three, had two blocks to one for Purdue. They won those battles. 
Um, they did get out rebounded by eight, but I think we all know why that was because they weren't making threes. And and it's just you look at the underlying stats and you think, well, IU hit some of the benchmarks they needed to hit as far as like turnovers and things like that, and and you know grabbing offensive rebounds. Twenty three points off turnovers too, which is yeah, 20, staggering to me. Y- yes, and they still lost by twelve. And there's one reason: they can't shoot the ball. Like it's you know it's 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 and we, we the effort defensively and all that certainly is in the mix, but Purdue in the end hit eleven of seventeen threes and Indiana hit three of eighteen, and we're a broken record because we've been talking about this for years. So it all it, it's you look at all those other numbers, you're like, well, they did some of the things they had to do to win, but there's one thing they consistently cannot do, and it kills them. It just kills. Them. I mean, do you have any like? feelings at all that i you know you can say oh sorry i was just saying i just thought you would no, ask me if i had point. any any feeling yeah, left not i'm dead inside so no i don't yeah no <laughs> there's no feeling that they can beat Iowa because they can't score enough points they can't i, I mean, was gonna score here, here's what's gonna happen ryan there'll be a game or two where all of a sudden it's <laughs> unbelievable and indiana hits 12 threes and they win a game yeah of course but i don't have any faith that over the next 14 games or whatever we have left in, in the big 10 that it's going to be consistent enough yeah are they going to be able to score points against michigan yeah. Yeah. Uh, against Iowa, against Wisconsin. You can play uh, great defense against Iowa and Michigan, and they'll put 80 points on you. You can play really good defense against those teams, and they can drop 80 on you. Can Indiana even score 80 points in a 40-minute game? No, they can't. Why? Because they can't shoot. You know, you can't score. They're, they're not going to be able to answer. And here's the other thing. You know what the best answer to a 6-0, 7-0, 8-0 run is? Hit a three. Great. Change the momentum. It's it's only it, unless it's a dunk and one, which are very rare. A dunk and one feels like you know a momentum changer. It's a three, and they can't hit threes. So to, no, even <laughs> the deeper you go into the stats, can't you know? There's it comes back to the that, same that's thing the every only time. Stat so the answer to those runs is not to get to the free throw line and make one out of two every time. Is that is exactly. that what we're saying? Thank oh, you, Andy, weird. <laughs> for 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 chiming in with that. You're right. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, you look at those games and you're like, and and what has really undone IU in a lot of these these games where they've struggled defensively is a team that really knows their scheme, has a defined actual actual scheme, not just what Nebraska does or even what Penn State does, but has a real scheme and can execute. And you get into a team like that that plays offensively, like Michigan, Iowa. This team, the way they play defense so far, is going to get carved up. And there's no way in the world that when Iowa's raining threes on you. No matter what you do, you can come down. They'll trade three for two with you all day long because eventually you're going to miss enough shots around the rim, or if you get fouled and miss free throws, it's not going to matter. But anyway, that's I a- will. I will. I will turn my segment a little positive because I've tried to be a little more positive. Um, the one bright spot you could have is if Armand gets healthy. He did go on a stretch and he was shooting mid forties. And if you just have one guy that can hit three or four in a game, at least that's a threat which will draw defenses out. I'm not sure. I'm sure. Purdue came in today said even if he's coming back he's not going to have his his bounce is that we're going to play him to drive more and he he, he did look uh, a little off a couple bad air balls from Armand the the only and I'm telling people the only positive we could probably talk about is if he could regain that form then you have one of Robert L find one or two or fall into one or two that that could be helpful down the road and, and uh, again I, I've been pushing to be more positive and then this game happened and I threw it all out the window but those, those no, nobody so blames you coach <laughs> those I was speechless I couldn't even tweet at the end of the game I felt bad <laughs> I was supposed to tweet it I had no words uh, which is rare for me um, 
And I, I still don't know where to go. But that that's one thing, too. If Armand can get back and get over his injury and regain that form, he was starting to develop that consistency three, four games in a row of hitting multiple threes. Um, so, again, maybe maybe a little light uh, on the horizon or down the tunnel or in the – I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, I, I do think, you know, seeing Armand be able to play that many minutes, I think that is a positive. You know, I've, I've been trying, like you, Coach, to – to be somewhat positive and take a, a positive spin on some of these games is uh, it clearly been been tough for me to do tonight. He did have 14 points. Again, I thought he was being aggressive, almost overly aggressive in trying to make things happen uh, and forcing things that, that weren't there. He ended up 0 of 5 on, on threes and just had some uh, releases that just did not look look normal and uh, you know got him out of the groove that he was in. But he did was second on the team in rebounds with seven. Um, so, okay, did, so here's another positive. Did any time did you feel that he wasn't intense tonight? He was probably no. overly intense on offense a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little too much. I, right? I think he was a guy to go back right. to my earlier point uh, of the game meaning something to him playing against yeah. Purdue. Like I felt like he played like it meant something. I, I want to go out and make these plays. Now, sometimes that backfires against you, but on this team, with the lack down. of – yeah, you can slow better to rein it in than – juice up someone who's yep. not, not bringing it, right? Yep. I would uh, I would agree, but yeah, I mean, Ryan, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the stats, if you took, you know, th- these matter. Purdue didn't shoot free throws all that well either, uh, but you know, again, if you said you got to the line twenty nine times, you 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 know did X, Y, and Z, and then you end up losing by twelve points is uh, is fairly disheartening. The the one thing, and I guess we'll we'll save this potentially for the game ball segment because certainly he'll come up. Trace Jackson Davis ended up with uh, twenty five points, and we really haven't talked about him yet. Um, at least not too much, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pun on that. We can talk about that as we uh, as we get into the game ball segment because we're running a bit long. So uh, so we'll break now, and uh, when we come back, we will uh, hand out our game balls, and then we'll hit any other lingering storylines that we haven't beaten into the ground already. Then we'll look ahead to the next opponent, which is a little bit further out than we thought, and uh, then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. Again, that's IU to 66866. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down IU's 81-69 home loss against Purdue. And guys, now it's time for uh, game balls, which uh, I assume we'll, we'll still give out despite the way the game went. Uh, Ryan, I'll throw this one to you first. 
I'm going with Ray's Thompson because I just thought he had the intensity the whole game. Uh, I thought that uh, the effort was there from the jump, and I know that he didn't have the numbers Trace Jackson Davis did, but he had 13 points, 10 rebounds, four offensive rebounds, two steals, only one turnover, uh, was only a minus two, whereas Trace was a minus 15, uh, and you know played 34 minutes. He led the team in minutes, so I, I had to go with him. I, I thought that you know for the most part when he was guarding Travion Williams and there wasn't sort of switching in rotation and he was just straight up with Travion Williams, I thought he did a pretty good job. And Williams went out and got, did he get 20, uh, 22? Yeah, 22. Um, but I thought that when they were straight up one-on-one with each other and it wasn't, you know, in a mix with other people, I thought that he guarded him pretty well and, and made it tough on him. Made made Williams go over him a lot too, which is the whole, you know, goal with somebody like that. Make him go over instead of through you. So, you know, I, I thought he did as well as he could have, and and I was impressed with the effort all night. And he was the one guy where I just felt like off the jump, when everybody else was sluggish, he was working. Coach, who gets yours? Yeah, that's kind of hard to argue with, but um, uh, to be honest with you, but I'm going to throw out Armand uh, for for similar reasons. Uh, if I were to break this vote, I might go with Ryan, but I'm just I'm going to nominate uh, because uh, again, I, I think. I don't like seeing him miss shots, and, and, and there were a couple forced drives and everything, but um, I think that young man wants to win and wants to play. I think they all do, to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and badmouth young young men, but um, I, I think he he brings an intensity uh, to the program that if it were matched uh, by the others, uh, I think uh, this team would be better than 8-6. and six. So uh, I thought coming back off an injury, uh, I thought he did some – some solid things, and so uh, I would nominate him for a game ball and then leave it up to you, Andy, in, in this treacherous evening. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna do you one better, uh, and I'm gonna, we'll leave it to the chat mob. I, I, like I said, we haven't really talked about Trace. He did have 25 points, uh, only four rebounds, was 9 of 16 from the floor. The free throw shooting was not good, 7 of 14. And, and really, as you said, Coach, as you charted stuff at the beginning of the game, they did a great job of getting him the ball. He converted. He had eight or ten points really early in the game. Uh, I thought his first foul where he just kind of reached in from behind on a post entry is the kind of foul for somebody who we've kind of questioned at times whether they're telling him just back off and don't get fouls. Like to get that one, then he has to switch off of Travion Williams, uh, puts race in position to do that, then picks up a second one on a rebound. And, and sat out other than Archie subbed him once when the game started to get a little bit away from him. He came in, made two free throws, took him back out kind of as an offense-defense, and that was when IU started to make that little bit of a run. So then he saved him, came out beginning of the second half, same deal. They they force-fed him the ball, scored five points in the first two possessions, got to the free-throw line on the fourth possession, but you know was one of two there. You know Missed some shots inside and thought he was effective when he got the ball short of getting to the free-throw line. Uh, so I, I'll give it to him just because the way that I use trying to play what they're trying to do offensively when he was able to keep himself in the game um, was, you know, he scored more than a third of IU's points. So I'll throw it to him, which I guess means the chat mom has to break the tie. So I'll let one of you guys uh, kind of tabulate in there and we'll, we'll figure out who gets it. Seeing some, uh, some race love in there, but I think everybody's gotten a vote from the chat mob. You guys are going to have to decide. Oh, all right. Well, um, we'll we'll figure that out later. We'll figure it out. We'll make Jared go back and tally the votes from the uh, <laughs> from the chat after the fact. All right. Uh, yeah, let us know what your what your vote is, guys. Yeah. Throw uh yeah throw something in there. We'll try to uh, we'll try to assess that on our on our way through. 
Uh, next up, the Mike Roberts Real Hustle Award. Uh, I'm tempted to give this to Mike Roberts, quite frankly, for uh, the stretch of, was, of you of, stole my joke <laughs> of intense coaching that he did there, where he was uh, very audible on the broadcast. So, uh, all right, Ryan. So I stole your joke. I'll let you go first, at least to nominate who you. Uh, uh, I was going to give this to Armand for the effort coming off of an injury and playing. You know, he played 33 minutes and didn't start. You know, so he was definitely got in there and basically didn't leave. Um, and, and I think that he was minus two on the night, which is better than a lot of the guys out there. The plus minus tonight is weird. Fantasy was plus 13, uh, Galloway. That's tough to do in a game. You lose by 12. I know. That's what was so (laughs) weird about that. There's some oddities on there for sure. Yeah. yeah, But, uh, you know, Franklin's only minus two. So that means the team was better when he was on the floor. He and Thompson both minus two. I mean, the team was better when they were, when he was on the floor, uh, scored 14 points. He was six of 15. I thought he was just shooting a little too much. Uh, you know, those threes, a couple of them came off his hand, just weird. Like one was in the corner and it was, it looked like it slipped out of his hand. It didn't go anywhere near the hoop. Um, but six of 15, uh, seven rebounds. We've seen his rebounding effort has been fantastic this year. Uh, an assist, only one turnover and three steals, but the one turnover came and it's the issue with Armand's game. And he's going to have to get better as what he does in transition. I feel like every time he tries to go to it to score in transition it's a turnover and and you know it's, it's he's just got to work on his moves he's got to work on his game plan and the, tonight he got a he got a charge when he tried to go um so i i yeah but i'm giving it to him for his effort coming off that injury coach what about you you know you know going back to the game ball i think your two choices were better i think armand probably is good for this this award although you know, giving awards on a night when you play only about 10, 12 minutes uh, of the way you need to play is kind of frustrating for me as a coaching, uh, with the coaching background. Um, but yeah, I, I, I applaud Armand. I, I think as a sophomore, he is doing some really solid things to, to help this program. Um, and um, I think uh, that's fitting. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make it unanimous and give it to him. I think he was a guy who, again, coming in, you didn't uh, it was certainly circulated that he was going to be able to play, but it sounded like he was still a bit sore and Archie wasn't sure how much he'd be able to play. Maybe that's uh, gamesmanship before the game, but I, I, I don't think uh, there were designs on him playing 33 minutes uh, over the course of the game. And I thought, again, was a guy who was trying to make plays, sometimes to a fault, but uh, intensity level and aggressiveness was uh, not an issue for him, uh, comparative to uh, to some of the other guys out there, so I'll uh, I'll make it unanimous on that and uh, and give it to Armand. Quite honestly, there's really I know, Coach, what you're saying about thinking about awards, but when three guys score 52 of your 69 points, uh, at least the the uh, the list of nominees for any given award is going to be pretty short. So I guess that's I guess that's a good thing. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really know that it it makes a ton of sense to. Uh, to hit too many other storylines. I'll throw one out. Um, Anthony Leal played four minutes again to Ryan's point. The plus minus was, uh, was unkind to a few guys. He was one of them. He was minus 13 in those four minutes. Although I think the group that was out there, I think it was him, Lander Hunter. Yeah, Lander was minus nine in I, two I, minutes. I wrote it down. It was him, Lander Hunter. And, uh, and, well, I think those, those, those three were, and then a couple of the, the regular guys were out there. I wrote down that they were just getting torched when they, when they were in there. So I think that that checks out. I guess my question about Leal, given what he had done in the last few games, it, it struck me as a bit odd. And maybe that was just a function of Armand being out. And he, he just soaked up a lot of those minutes, but on a night when you really were not shooting the ball well at all. And a guy who at least recently and even reputationally coming in yeah. was, was one that 
that that you felt good about from a shooting standpoint, it seemed odd to me that he didn't get more minutes. And it's easy to nitpick rotations and all kinds of stuff on on a night like tonight. But uh, you guys also surprised that that he didn't yeah. get a little more run despite how he played in the the first section of the game that he was in there, especially in the second half when he only shot one three for most of the half. You know, like you clearly weren't getting anything from the perimeter. Maybe put him in for Al Durham for a little bit or, or Rob Finnessy for a little bit, have somebody else run the point, have, you know, Armand, you know, and, and Galloway had 26 minutes. And, and while he did have four assists and played, had a couple good defensive possessions, you know, in the second half, they were just, they weren't even looking at him as a shooter because he can't shoot. I mean, he's missed 12 straight or something like that. And none of them look good, you know, so they're basically sagging all the way off of him. And I know he'll drive into the lane and make some things happen and kick a pass or whatever, but you know, you can take some of those minutes away from him. I, I frankly think when when Franklin's back, you probably need to move Trey back to the bench and leave it with Finnessy, Durham, and, and Franklin for now. Um, but let Leal have some of those minutes, especially late when you need to start knocking down threes, maybe with 10 minutes left. Yeah, leave him in there. Run some pin downs for him. I mean, it's not complicated, Coach. You, you know how to drop a play to get a shooter open. It's it's not hard. And the, very th- and the thing is, if they overplay him, you dump it down inside. You know, I mean, if you run a screen off of off of Trace or someone like that, you dump it down for an easy two. It's it's not that complicated to run offense for a shooter and get him some get him some looks. I I, I agree that um, it was shocking after Leal had displayed a few things to me. One, he's in position defensively. He gets driven sometimes, and uh, all freshmen do. Um, but he he hits some shots, uh, spaces the floor, and he post feeds which is what your offense is about, is getting the ball into Trace Jackson Davis against a really solid defensive team. And it is, again, I always defer to what goes on in practice and the scouting and the reports and all that stuff because I'm not part of it. Um, but it is a question that I would ask is, so Armand's back and all of a sudden then Leo doesn't get credit for you know the advancements that he's made. And, and then I watch uh, uh, Al Durham again – you know, respect these guys, but Al Durham was not playing well. So, so why not get him at least ten minutes, um, twelve minutes, six minutes here or there? And and I know Al has to run the point some when 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 Rob's out. Um, but I, but I thought um, I thought Leo deserved a, a little bit more run. And and that's that goes back to your rant, uh, Ryan, where you know I have been trying to defend and trying to defend because I see some good things that have happened, but. The results matter. You play, you recruit, you develop to win games. And and all the good things that could be happening are nice, but they're not winning games. And and rotations, when you have three poor defenders on the court at one time, and and Leal's the best of the three, I think, and and Hunter's trying to come along, and then Lander, and and, and you go down 12 – um, at, at at some point, why not play Lander with four other guys that are good defensively to try to cover that? Or why not try to play? You know, you know, you don't have to put three subs in at all at one time. Um, you, you can kind of stagger it a little bit, at least in the first half, to get some guys some run where they're in a, a position to succeed instead of a collective position to fail. And, and I would just ask and again: I'm not going to say it's right, wrong, or whatever because I don't like it when people second second guess what we do, but. Uh, that would be a question of mine. Um, and, and I think Leo's deserved a little more run uh, after his play. Yep, I'd agree. All right, well, coming up, 
Uh, IU's game, if you, if you, for those who may not have heard, against Michigan State on Sunday has been postponed due to COVID issues within their program. Their game against Iowa uh, was also canceled and uh, came out pretty early that um, that IU would not be uh, traveling to East Lansing over the weekend. So uh, next game for IU is a week from tonight against Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. I think that's a 9 o'clock tip. Fox Sports 1 again. Uh, let's certainly hope that the uh, announcers are not the same as we got tonight. But uh, I, the, the really, it, and we'll have – well, we, we don't have another show between now and then, but uh, we, we touched on Iowa a little bit, and we, we've been going pretty long. So uh, we'll kind of wrap things up. Uh, before we do, remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel to get the perfect gift for the college sports fan in your life. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. And with that, it's time for last call after we have uh, – drug ourselves through the the process of of analyzing this game so uh ryan uh i'll uh, throw it to you for your last call first i'll be short since i was long on the the opening just a bit uh look you can't you can't win modern college basketball if you can't shoot the ball and indiana can't shoot the ball and you're not going to beat a team that can't shoot the ball when you don't and and basically it felt like indiana's game plan tonight was run the same old offense they've been running and hope Purdue misses and Purdue did not miss. And so I, I just, I don't know how in year four we're not valuing the three point line, the way that every other college basketball team is learning to value it. And every other program is learning to value it. And, and whether these guys can knock down shots in an empty gym or not, they're not doing it when the lights are on. And, and it, when, you know, in the intensity of a game and you cannot win in basketball, if you do not do that, you don't take advantage of it. The three point line has been weaponized in basketball at every level. High school teams are lighting it up from three. The fact that Indiana, Indiana can't find shooters and hasn't developed shooters in four years is a problem. It's embarrassing, and every time it happens, we say the same thing. If we just had one shooter, this game would have been different. If you just had one guy who could step out there and consistently knock down threes, this game would have been different. Could have won three more games last year if that was the case. year before, maybe five more. This year, it's a lot of what-ifs over the last three years for Archie Miller. It's not enough. If you, if you have this job, you got to do this job to the best of your ability and not going out and getting shooters and not teaching guys how to shoot and not developing shooters is not doing it to the best of your ability. He's had four years and it hasn't happened. Don't know what else to say. Coach. I just think the, the, the reality hits with a lot of us that uh, the roster construction, it's not uh, as good of a team uh, as we think. And it's kind of hard to fathom when you got a, a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, uh, on your squad that that is as dominating uh, as he is and, and Ryan's a thousand percent correct if you you just space a couple shooters and have the foresight to get a couple a grad transfer like uh Zizlov Zizlov I already pronounced it I mean we would give anything for that right now um and, and maybe the Parker Stewart guy next year is the deal but you know Trace won't be here um it, it's it's just frustrating to watch um Close games, uh, you know that that shooting makes the difference. Um, and, and then I don't want to excuse the lack of uh, proper defensive fundamentals. It's it's been going on since the Big Ten started. The closeouts have been poor. Uh, the intensity to the scouting report has been poor. Uh, it is bad basketball. And, and to me, 
Uh, that is on the coaching staff, and that is also on the players. And, and, and I wish them well. I like them. I'm going to root for them at Iowa next Thursday. I'll root for them until the last game of the year. I'll always root for you guys. Um, but it is what it is, and, and I'd be a disservice to sit here and act like I'm a coach and say that it's, it, it's acceptable and it's at standards, but it isn't. It is not at standards defensively. It is not at standards offensively. And it is eight and six at Indiana is not at standards. And at some point, it either gets fixed or uh, someone else has to do the fixing. And that's, uh, you know, there's time uh, to throw the positive. There's time, a three or four game winning streak, and you win, beat some good teams, and luck finds your way, and the ball bounces your way a little bit, and we're feeling better a month from now. But it sure doesn't. Uh, seem we're headed in that direction right now. So go Hoosiers. Um, uh, I'll be there. I'm not giving up. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to say I'm going to go watch Gonzaga because they win. That's not who I am. Uh, but it, it is what it is. It's bad basketball right now, and everyone needs to own it. Gonzaga really is fun to watch, though. If you want to kind of cleanse your if you want to kind of cleanse your palate from the offensive performance that you, uh, that you saw right tonight, they would, uh, they would be a good way to do it. Um, you know, from my perspective, I come at this a couple different ways. I think on the on the level of looking at it for this season, the Big Ten schedule set up relatively well for IU to start. Had a fair amount of home games, played teams in large part that were projected toward the lower part of the league. And I think everybody, I think back to an assembly call radio question we got, I think from uh, Coach Marlowe was, you know, what, what do you guys think you want to, you know, these first big 10 games, what do you think, what's your, what's your goal for what the record, what, what's attainable. And, and I think almost to a, to a man, we said five and two and, and you look now and you're three and four and you've got a big hole to try to dig out of. And that makes you step back to the, the other question. It's one that Ken Bikoff posed on, on Twitter during the game. And that's what's this team's identity. What, what's the thing that this team does well, that gives you the confidence that they're going to be able to turn things around from starting three and four when everybody thought five and two was was attainable based on who you played, where you played them, and things like that. And that's the part that becomes difficult. That's the part that whether it's it's more frustrating that it's year four, but but you don't look at anything that this team does that well that says you can hang your hat on this this is what you're going to build around to be able to to come back from it I think there were times early in this season when we thought that was defense but that hasn't that hasn't happened they're down to 22nd in Ken Palm I think they dropped probably seven spots tonight they're in the lower third I think in Big Ten play in defensive efficiency so now that you don't have that to fall back on the shooting hasn't been good you've gotten to the free throw line not shot the ball well there all things considered uh, it becomes a, a tough sell to, to tell yourself a story that says they're going to turn this around. So uh, this was clearly not an attempt to uh, to get things on the positive swing when you get there, but that's the reality of where this program is right now is that they're looking for answers and they got a week to uh, rest up a little bit. I think that's a good thing for Armand after playing so many minutes. Uh, you, you got a week to figure out what you're going to do and, and things in all likelihood are not going to go well for you on the trip to Iowa. So how do you bounce back from that if it's another defeat? Uh, and I think that's what's concerning as much as anything is we talk about some of the mentality stuff over the course of this game. I don't know that that's there to really turn this around. I hope it is. I'm like, coach, I'll be there, you know, cheering them on and, and, and hoping that they play well and hoping that they figure some things out, turn things around, get the confidence they need, play with the level of intensity that they need. Um, 
but it's hard to it's hard to have watched a performance like tonight and just games that they've played against Purdue in the past and to not be able to get up for this game and to perform better in this game is uh is a pretty frustrating way to uh way to close out this one and and close out this early stretch of Big 10 play. So, uh again, I, I think not playing at Michigan State Sunday probably in the long run is a good thing for this team to get a little bit of rest and maybe refocus, but uh there is a a gauntlet awaiting them when they come back from that and we'll uh we'll be here to talk through all of it with everybody as we uh as we see how this team uh, is able to uh to respond. So that will do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you just subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be, talk, we'll be back to talk IU hoops with you again next Thursday night. Until then... Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. All right. So real real quick, Coach, I know it's, it's late and I need to get this posted and sent. But one thing I, I thought about asking during the show, but we had already gone long enough so if you think about this next week and kind of the task at hand of trying to to write the ship um and knowing that your personnel is what it is uh you probably can't make dramatic changes to what you're doing schematically on, on on either end of the floor but what 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 are reasonable adjustments to to make in a week's time period given what this team is doing that that you you think could maybe lead to some positive, uh, more positive results or more positive play? Yeah, you know that, that that's a great question because I'm starting to be concerned about the foundation uh, of the team. Uh, when, when you need to take a timeout and and find that defensive intensity at the eight minute mark, nine minute mark, whatever it is, I'm starting to worry about the. I, I thought they played better in the Maui Classic against three quality teams, bounced back day after day after day. Uh, and played better collectively, defensively, and offensively. It just seems like this team's lost its juice. Um, and yet they're they're excited on the bench. They're jumping up and down. But it takes a certain juice, Andy, to to put everything uh, everything together when you have a, a gauntlet like you're going through. And they're just not doing enough to win. Um, for me, it's always been tempo. Um, you know, so you, you got to try to find some ways to get easy baskets. It's a grind. It's a grind when you're going up against 13 other coaches that scout you and know you and know your system well enough uh, because you play them often. Uh, it's a grind. These guys are going to shut down TJD. They're going to do things. Um, so it's just been a shock to me that tempo hasn't been uh, a part of uh, of what uh, we've done here at Indiana in the four years, especially in watching Archie's Dayton teams of uh, Gucci Penn and our, those guys. If I have the name right, uh, they got out. Scoochie uh, Smith. I think you. I think you mixed uh, Scoony Pen and Scoochie Smith. Scoony I think Penn, you yeah, I you put together into one person. Yeah, uh, my bad. That's an old old brain problem there. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just shocking to me. So again, and I and I kind of get that he's tried to do that, but it hasn't worked. It's failed. The guy, you know, you see him imploring guys to to push the ball, but I think you got to try to find easy baskets uh, for guys. Um, you know, 
the mental side is so much of uh, of a game too. Is you know Purdue was really bad offensively in that first half of Michigan State. I didn't see that game, but they were bad, bad. And then all of a sudden the light bulb went on and they hit a runner. And the mentality is we're going to make shots. Um, Indiana's had their three point guy out for two weeks. They struggled at Nebraska, gave up a lead, lost a heartbreak, doubled overtime. And, and if, if this team is a little fragile on that, that intensity mental side, um, again, they've lost two games at home that it seems like they thought they could just come in and play and win. Uh, and I know it's not intentional. They're not doing it on purpose. Um, but you got to play with a certain edge. And, and I think Archie said that in his post game. Um, so you got to figure out how to give them that edge. Um, and it's not getting done. So whatever your, your pregame speech is, your pregame meal, uh, I might I might do that. But you know, rah rah speeches. I, I I'm in charge of our pregame speech in high school, and with our senior team that we have now, I talk about two or three minutes, and, and we're talking about toughness and some key words and that, and, and go out and play. And uh, we we were fine. We lost our standards for three games after COVID. We had a long break and we kind of lost our, our our juice, but we've got it back now and. And we've won, you know, a four out of six and, and playing some good basketball. Um, but you got to try that. It, you got to try to find some ways to develop confidence going into Iowa uh, that, uh, you know, they'll give up shots. My fear, Andy, is that this is a technical basketball program right now, meaning the coaching staff does a good job with scheme, with scouting, with implementing a game plan. Uh, and it's maybe missing a few uh, buttons motivationally or – you know, something along those lines um, to really hammer how to play within the scheme, uh, that that would be my guess. And, and again, as I always say, I don't like people trying to guess what I'm doing in the program, and I know I'm a media guy now on this end, but uh, it just seems like some of the things they're doing are, are really good schematic things, but the underlying decision-making is not being done to the level uh, that it needs to be done that I see other teams doing. So. I don't know how you fix it in four days. Um, you, you practice, you, you you get into film, you implore, and you try to find that right motivational button to get all the guys on the same page at the same time. Um, but when you have guys that go up and down like L and Rob, boy, that's tough too because when they're good, you're going to be good. And when, when they're a little timid and shy, which is their nature probably, athletically, then you struggle. Um, you know – I don't know. Yep. I mean, it's just reality has hit me that I thought these the the advance in years would get the best out of the players, um, and, and they are who they are. They're just nice dudes. Uh, some of those guys are nice dudes, and they need to be you know a, a little meaner, a, a little more cocky uh, on their play, and maybe they're all trying too hard to be just so precise in, in in what they're doing that they're really screwing up because they're being too precise and. You know, you, you look at that Ivy kid tonight, and he just played loose, and, and he drove in the lane and got the ball knocked out, and he ends up with 13 points. Uh, he had no conscience, and you, you got to play this game. Once you cross that line on game night, you got to play it with um, without any fear, and, and and we play timid. Long answer. I'm sorry, yeah. but no, it's I, fair. I'm, I'm just curious. I value your opinion answers. on stuff like that, so I you know I was is, just curious because I think that's the yeah. thing. It's like I look at it kind of like I said at the end, and it's like. It's it's pretty damn tough to tell yourself a story of how this team writes the ship based on based on what you've seen and the opportunities that they've missed out on in some of these closer games because I think now 
and we saw this a little bit last year, they get into some of those situations and it's like, I don't know that they believe they can come back from, from these situations. You just yeah. didn't really get a feel even tonight when they would make little runs that, that they ever felt like they had enough that they were going to get over the hump. Maybe that contributes to some of the stuff that I said, where then you, you take a step back and you, you make a bad play when you start to put a little bit of pressure on them. I, I don't know if those things are connected. Maybe they're not, but um, yeah, that's, that, I learned, it, I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I learned this, uh, and sometimes the hard way in coaching, too. I'm a very intense guy on the sideline when I was a head coach, and some kids don't need intensity. Uh, they they need a different approach. Uh, and that was hard for me to understand as I developed into coaching um, at the high school level that um, I am who I am, and the kids need to be able to deal with me. And, and sometimes I did a better coaching uh, once I realized that, that, that kids – deal with difference now I can't recruit like a college coach can recruit um but that and the other thing is I learned once my son played AAU and his AAU coach said if you're at the volleyball line or as soon as you touch the volleyball line you're allowed to shoot uh, and he hit 13 threes in an AAU game and I just saw his confidence explode uh, I always thought if I get back into a head coaching job I am going to be defensive oriented and totally give freedom on offense if you guard somebody and get a stop you can take any shot you want now, that sounds crazy. I'll have a scheme and I'll have some stuff, but I want – the ball goes in when you play free. The, it, it, it's just it, – it is. And, and sometimes teams play too free and take bad shots, and you've got to find a happy medium as a coach of what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow. But I think sometimes coaches have their thumb on things way too much. I know I did and wanted to call set here or this play or, whoa, slow down, let's get in this, get in that. Sometimes it's like, dude, you earned it on defense, go get yourself one. If you want to, you know, and, and there's kids who can pull from the volleyball line and kids who can't. Um, but offense is a free man's game and it's a guards game and, and we don't have them. Uh, bless their souls. They're trying really hard. Um, I don't I just, I'm afraid of what's the head to be honest with you. Yep. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at. So maybe for the best that even for the us, that there's not a I game to, to watch over to the weekend. I know. I agree. I agree. I watched part of the women's game today, even though it was like a four o'clock tip. Man, they they scored almost didn't let Purdue score for over a quarter's worth of action, outscoring twenty to three in the second quarter. They're they're a fun watch. Grace Berger is a fantastic basketball player. You know, there and there's a good example, and I'm not saying again, I'm not in the defend Archie Miller mode anymore, but there's there's some patience too, because when Coach Morin got here for three or four years, they they made one NCAA tournament, but then they slid back and had a losing uh, or not a a record, didn't get into postseason. Then they went to two straight NITs, then they won it, and then boy, they've exploded. But they really have become dominant in year seven or eight or whatever she's in the last two or three years. Yeah. Uh, after some good players came through, um, and, and so you know that, that's an example of patience. But there's also I think the, examples of I think no, the previously low profile of that program affords you a lot more rope than correct, the uh, correct um, than, than that. But I mean, your point is your point is fair. Um, I but I think even in some of those times, I think you could I think you could watch them. And I, I didn't pay. I don't I don't pay nearly as I did not pay nearly as close attention to the women's program as I do now. But there there were at least kind of steps where they were more competitive and you felt like you could see a progression of things going in the way. And it's. I feel like we keep trying to talk ourselves into that in the in the men's program, the, and then the when you really take a step back, yeah. that progression just isn't there. Why is it so slow? Like, 
the program's not like empty. Like this guy hasn't come in and just taken us to five and twenty-seven in four years and has to go. Uh, why hasn't it happened at, at a pace that's more acceptable to us? Why has it been slow? You know, like this. You know, we've had a couple home losses that haven't been very good, but even our road games have been better than what they were last year. Nineteen, twenty-two, twenty-four points. Knock on wood. Maybe Thursday gets ugly, but even even in the losses, we've been a little more competitive. Uh, haven't had the four game losing streaks yet, so so there 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 are some increments if you dig deep enough and get the magnifying glass out. There's there's some things that you know the APR is good, recruiting Indiana is good, the statistics have improved, but the wins haven't, and, and it's just mystifying to me um, why we can't put together a four or five game run uh, even in a in, even in a tough league when these other teams Northwestern does it for crying out loud they win three in a row. Yeah, uh, it's mystifying. It's just it. It just is a team that I think, in a lot of cases, beats the teams you expect it to beat. And in the cases where things deviate from what you believe the expected result is, you've got a lot more disappointments where you lose games that you feel like you should win. There's a lot more of those than games where you win that you feel like you should lose. I mean, those right. Michigan State games a, a couple years ago are are the aberration where you kind of overachieve what you've got because you really come together in key moments and get over the hump and do that stuff. Like that's the, the, that's the exception. That's not the rule. The rule is, is games like this. That's a 50, 50, you know, maybe you shouldn't say it's a 50, 50 game, but if you say you're evenly matched against Purdue, cause I don't think from a talent perspective, these teams are dramatically that far off one way or the other. So in games like that, you're consistently not able to, to get over the hump and win them. And I think that's what, I know that's not really exactly the question that you that you were asking, but I think that's the part that you look at and get frustrated is like, you know, you're not going to win every game that you're supposed to win. You're not going to lose every game that you're supposed to lose, but it's kind of the gradual tipping of the scales toward, toward the, the first one as opposed to the, uh, or you know, tipping the scales toward winning games that maybe you weren't supposed to. And gradually over time that happens and that's just, just hasn't happened. And then, you know, again, then you, you see Maryland going in and beating Illinois and who else did they beat on the road? Wisconsin. Wisconsin on the road. You know, so what's their post-game show at Wisconsin going on when Maryland comes in and, and beats them in the Maryland's the bottom? So in reality, those things happen, but it's just happened way too much. Um, yeah. You know, it's just happened way – you lose you lose to Northwestern and Purdue and at home. You could almost understand losing to them on the road in a very tough Big Ten, but – those are the games because you got Iowa coming in, you got Michigan coming in. Those are going to be tough games. That those are the things that are disappointing, and I just can't get my head around why. After the Maui Classic, I thought, okay, this team showed me something. They 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 laid an egg against Texas. They came back against the Stanford team, who's a tournament team, and they played well and they were guarding. And I know the non-conference numbers versus conference numbers are different, but it wasn't like IU played a bunch of patsies and drove up their Ken Palm numbers. They yeah. guarded teams that were, were pretty good. Plus, it's adjusted. Uh, it's not like the games against North right. Alabama or South Alabama, whoever it was, and Tennessee Tech like skewed the results. I mean, against yeah. against reasonably good teams, they guarded well. I think that's I think that's the part that has me. I mean, I, I probably said this five times that there's that many things that have me concerned, but you know, that was the thing. At least it felt like this team's identity was the defense and their defense was going to keep them in games. And it's really let them down. in in some of these games, let them down in Penn state almost lost that one. Um, you know, Wisconsin in, in key moments that happened, let them down against Northwestern and, and just teams that, you know, and even the Maryland game, they pulled away later, but they let a 
shorthanded Maryland team hang around as well. Yeah, I, I've been on a couple shows, and I, I think this was the, the the podcast I was on last night. I might have said it. It's it's shocking to me that this team has not taken on Archie Miller's identity, because usually you look at a program and, and it follows the coach's identity. And and Archie came in a little bulldog, tough, doesn't like to lose, gruff in the, in in the in, and this team has not displayed that. Um, and, and it's got to be frustrating on his part too that. Um, whether it's the the kids left over or whatever, um, I just have I have an understanding that he's tried too hard to make this work. Instead of just putting his foot down and saying, "Dang it, this is the way it's going to be under Archie Miller. If you don't like it, get the hell out of here or get on the end line, and we're going to be tough sobs whether you like it or not." Uh, I think he tried too hard with Romeo. I, I think he he's tried uh, too hard with with Justin Smith and Devonte Green to make things work. Um, and that's just the vibe that I get, um, that he knows what he's doing. He has a plan. He, 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 he's not a bad coach, but it's that, it's that management of that roster and that get maximizing the most out of your players so that they play freely and have make good decisions on game time. That's where it just hasn't gotten done. And, and sometimes as coaches, we make, we make errors in that trying too hard to to be precise, um, uh, because of the situation. And, um, you know, maybe it takes, you know, maybe there's some growth that can happen, uh, within it without changing. And, and maybe it necessarily, you know, may we, there needs to be something, but we got to start winning games. Uh, I, I don't care how good you are or, or what your scheme is, or it, it just comes down, down to winning games. And yet, well, I mean, people in the big 10 are a lot more patient than Indiana and, and probably, you know, it is Indiana. I, I get that we want to win, but does the next guy get one, two, three, four years? What? What? what I mean, I don't want to go through another. You know. Yeah, I think that I, I think know. the big challenge right now with with the line of thinking of let, let's say you know this is where a game like tonight makes you start to spin forward and think about well, what's next year look like? And you look at that and you say if Trace if Trace leaves, which I there's a I mean I'm sure there's a chance that he that he wouldn't but I think yeah he's gonna go it's reasonable to assume that he would right so you lose him you lose Al um, unless for whatever reason he wants to come back but I, I you know I don't I don't know that I see too many seniors taking advantage of that extra year eligibility I I wouldn't I mean who knows but so you lose that and you really don't you know you've heard a lot of good things about Logan Duncombe, um kind of disappointed with some of the attendance restrictions here locally the high school games I'd, I'd like to go see him play but that's not really an option uh, at this point I can barely get people to be able to come I can barely see my own kid play at this point so um, you got you know so so what do you have next year that says he hasn't been able to impart his personality and get these guys to play the way that he wants that presumably in a year ahead with less talent than what you have now, what are you going to get out of that year? And are you better to just say, well, we better start figuring that out sooner rather than later. Cause I don't know what's going to happen next year. Now, granted, you've got some flexibility. You've got some things you could do who he might bring in, you know, who knows, but from a pure like recruit standpoint, you don't have a lot, um, you know, Lander, maybe with an off season, you get him and he, he turns into what you, you thought he was from a recruiting ranking standpoint, but it becomes difficult to tell yourself a positive story that things can turn around next year based on what changes and what the deficiencies have already been or the the things that they've struggled with have already been. I just don't know how you 
flip the year and say, well, this is all of a sudden going to change. I, I think that's, you know, you don't want to be, that point. yeah. And that's that, that, you're, that you're really that sucks. And obviously. <laughs> yes, it does. Cause it just, it just is a gut punch that, you know, do we have to go through this again? Um, you know, and you see Fred Hoiberg, a very good coach coming in and totally gutting out everything and going to be the bottom of the barrel for a couple years. And you never know what, what's going to happen if you have to go, go that direction. I, I will say this, and, and maybe this is just my rose colored glasses and pro coach thing is like, I would feel very, very, very down and out and disappointed even more than I am if the foundational things weren't there. You know, I do like the defensive, uh, the mindset. I do like the in-state recruiting that we got seven guys from the state of Indiana. I do like that we got Mr. Basketballs. I do like that we're not dropping bags of cash. I, I, there, the foundation is there that if if the if the message can be sent to these players to play, get them to play consistently, then the foundation is there. So I think there's an opportunity for Archie to 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 be successful. But it's got to be, you know, DEFCON 87 right now to get it moving in, in the right direction because the time is running out before the ship's going to launch uh, to another planet. But, um, you know, and, and the scary thing, Andy, is, you know, what do you do? Where do you go? Sometimes because we wore the candy stripe and hung banners doesn't mean that we're going to get an experienced coach who's been deep in the tournament. Um you know, would you rather go somewhere else where you have a better chance of winning? Because the Big Ten is going to be brutal for a while with these coaching. You know, are you just going to get another mid-major guy come in that had a year or two success and roll the dice? If, if that's going to be the conversation that you're seeing on Twitter tonight and everything, it's just, man, I, I hope it's a football situation where the guy, you know, Wilson came in, got things going in the right direction, did a lot of good things, but just wasn't the right guy. And then we followed it up with Coach Allen, who just put the the whole package together. But the foundation of toughness and wanting to win and getting five and seven and getting to two bowl games uh, was there. Uh, if there is a change down the line, or maybe that change is just within the system and Archie gets it done. But um, yeah, it's uh, tonight. The Northwestern game really set me back. Um, uh, you know, wondering. And then tonight's performance, not the loss in as much as as how they lost the game. Um, has just knocked me back a little bit, and maybe quite a bit, which takes a lot when you're 300 pounds, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a big punch. There you go. All right. Well, we'll end with some humor after uh, however long, uh, however long this has been. So anyway, thanks for those who stuck with us. Did record this. I thought it was some. Uh, I know Jared even texted me during and said, "Hey, hope you keeping in some of the stuff we were talking about after." So. Uh, it'll just make it take that much longer to upload, but we'll, uh, we'll get that taken care of and get it out to everybody and, and go yeah, from there. Thanks but, uh, thanks for being with us, even on a, stay, a tough night, disappointing night. Yep. Take the, take the week between games and, uh, and, and do something enjoyable, uh, as much as you can, uh, between now and then we'll, uh, we'll be back at it Remember, next Thursday. I'm a size, I'm a size three XL from home field. If, if you just feel <laughs> gracious, <laughs> If if retail therapy is your go-to, then yeah. coach is hooking you up. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you next week. See you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. 
The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.